neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Hey guys, you're in the neutral corner. Hey guys, uh, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, here we are for episode four. I'm super excited. Continuing to get more and more followers, more listeners. Uh, really appreciate you guys a lot for that. Um, it's taken me a lot to be disciplined and not put out, you know, an episode earlier this week, especially after the awesome bare knuckle fights that happened this weekend on Friday um, and then the fights the next evening uh, for the UFC on Saturday so um, not really going to go over those too much they were some they were some awesome fights uh, the bare knuckle was really exciting the main event was super exciting um, Lorenzo Hunt who even though I may not be a big fan of his in-ring antics and his antics at like the stage to get in the people's heads and stuff, um, I get what he's doing. And the man's a monster. And he, um, you know, he fought this guy, uh, Mike the Marine. I can't remember his last name, but this dude was on a roll as well. And uh, he told everybody he was going to march him down and get in Hunt's face, and that's what he did. And he, you know, he knocked Hunt down, and I mean. Lorenzo got up at the uh, the count of nine, man, at the count of nine. That's crazy. And the very next strike thrown was a knockout punch in favor of Lorenzo Hunt. I mean, that's just, that's an awesome story. That's, that's, you know, that's one of those exchanges that when you see it in a movie, you're like, yeah, whatever. Literally, though, as soon as he got up and that referee stopped counting and said, fight, one punch was thrown, and it was Lorenzo who just got off the canvas, knocking that other dude out. I mean, the dude was snoring on the ground. It was scary looking, but gnarly for sure. So, man, that's you know, the BKFC stuff so brutal, so brutal, you know. But it's exciting. It is for sure. Uh, then of course, you know, we also got to see Greg Hardy get knocked out, and uh, by a guy that was just a underdog, you know. So, um, honestly, not a big Greg Hardy fan, so I don't know. It doesn't ever hurt my feelings to watch him get, you know, get knocked out, right? Um, so, yeah, I, as far as the UFC fights, I had a lot going on last Saturday, and I did watch some of them. Wasn't familiar with a whole lot of the names. I know Andrade got uh, submitted in the first round pretty quickly, and, um, you know, only thing I'm going to say about that is that, you know, sometimes you do take a fight too close to your last fight and your body hasn't had time to heal and you haven't had time to prepare. And then, you know, short notice fights are dangerous, especially against people who are grapplers like that and are just so sneaky and so tricky. So it's definitely one of those things that, you know, she probably benefited from getting two paychecks like that back to back. However, that loss, you know, it, it doesn't help at all, especially after looking as dominant as she did, you know, against uh, Murphy just a few weeks prior. But anyways, um, I really am going to release, I want this podcast, this episode to focus more on, there is some local news. Uh, there's some major, major news that does affect us locals and things like that. Um, so for those of you who don't know, 
Roy Jones Jr. is from Pensacola. I mean, he's only said it and yelled it and screamed it his whole entire career. Picola in the house. But, yeah. So, Roy Jones Jr. is from Pensacola. And uh, those of you who don't know who Roy Jones Jr. is, get your head out from underneath a rock. And, uh, you know, he's the greatest. He's the greatest of all time. He is the GOAT. He's, you know, five-time multi-weight world champion, former heavyweight champion, middleweight champion, light heavyweight champion, super middleweight champion. The guy is a legend, okay? But as he's older, and yeah, he's still competing. He's competing against uh, Anthony Pettis. We've discussed that in the Milwaukee um, card coming up soon, so... You know, um, that's really cool, and that's really exciting. But the other things that Roy does is he's a coach. Uh, as I've mentioned in my first podcast, I was actually coached by Roy for three years. I trained out there at his house, uh, at his home gym off of uh, Bodyhead Island, as, as we and they call it. And um, it's an amazing experience. With that being said, there's some controversy going on around here lately because one of my former training partners, um, stable mates is what they used to what they used to call what we all used to call each other, uh, Michael Williams Jr. Dude's a phenomenal talent, phenomenal talent. Fight to I think he's fought, fought at uh, forty and forty seven, one forty seven, one forty. Um, so. I haven't been around up there in a few years as well. So probably about two and a half years since I've been there. Uh, maybe even three. So it might be just as long as I trained there, I haven't been up there. But Roy has his way of doing things as a trainer. So, you know, things don't really change all that much all the time. But I'm just going to get into the meat of it, okay? Um, Michael Williams Jr., amazing prospect 20 wins only one loss and he has been a protege of Roy's for like five years okay his dad is his manager his like main like head like coach but you know like they do half their camps up there where he's from and they do their back half down here at Roy's and you know etc well in his last fight he, he fought a guy in Madison Square Garden. Biggest fight of his career. It was on television, aired to the masses, and um, he didn't do, he did not perform that well. Okay, I don't know what the reason is. I don't know if there's any excuses and any injuries. I'm, I'm not sure. Might have been he was feeling super weak at 140. I mean, that's a, ooh, that's a lightweight. Kids almost, he is almost, almost six foot tall at 130 or 140. You know, like that's, woo, buddy. So, um, yeah, so Mike had the opportunity to fight Adrian Broner, AB, four-time world champ, former Floyd Mayweather protege. Um, Adrian hasn't fought in two, two years, okay, and he's been looking for fights. He was supposed to fight a guy named Ivan Oh, I don't want to brood. I don't want to butcher his last name, but it's like Reshek or Royshek or something like that. But it's a uh, he's a killer, man. He's he's no joke. Okay, but that guy backed out, and then there was another guy, and they were supposed to fight, and he backed out, and so finally they call Michael Williams Jr. 
He's 23 years old. He's coming off of the worst loss he's ever had, only loss as a pro, okay? And it was a decision loss, so he didn't get knocked out or anything. So don't, don't you know? Don't don't think that. But um, so that comes out, and I mean, I, I I am sitting here thinking, man, that's an awesome fight. It's a tough fight. I believe in Mike, and I want Mike to win. But that is a tough fight. But damn, is that a good fight, man? Is that a great opportunity, right? I'm sure they're going to get paid a lot of money. We'll get into that in a few minutes. But last Thursday, I think it was February 16th. It might have been on Friday when I released my episode. But it comes out that Michael Williams Jr. has to pull out of the fight because his jaw has been broken during sparring the day before eight days before his scheduled fight against four-time world champion Adrian Broner. And the issue right now is that the dad, Michael Williams Sr., good guy, nice guy, he is very upset with Roy, saying that Roy basically sabotaged Michael Williams Jr. and that you know, Roy's ego got in the way and that, you know, that he, he had said basically, all right, well, Mike, Michael Williams Jr. has been calling me, telling me, dad, they're acting different down here. They're acting funny. Roy's being different. Everybody's being different. And, uh, you know, it's weird. I don't like it. And at first the dad's like, well, yeah, son, you know, you've got a big fight coming up, like tough it out. This is, this is, you know, this is the big time. This is what happens. And he's like, you just don't understand things are different. And Anyways, it's been out there. The dad said that, you know, Michael Williams Jr. sparred 10 rounds on Tuesday. And then Roy calls the dad, Mike Sr., and says, hey, you know, I, I think that we should pull him. I, think, I don't think that he's ready. He's taking unnecessary shots sparring. You know, he's, he's not, um, you know, he's not being defensively sound like I would like against A.B., to which the dad's response and his question is, is, well, how's his offense look? And Roy says, offense looks good. His offense looks great. It's his defense I'm worried about. So his dad says, well, you leave him in the fight. We're taking the fight, you know, no matter what. Work on his defense then. But if his offense is good, why are you worried? So Roy says, okay. So Roy tries to talk to Michael Williams Jr. Now, all this information I'm getting is from hearing interviews with both Michael Williams Sr., and Roy Jones Jr. So Roy calls Michael Williams Sr. says, hey, you know, after, after he gets on the phone, he calls Jr. and says, listen, man, I, I think that you should talk to your dad. I think that you, listen, I'm just telling you, I don't think that you should take the fight. And he's trying to talk Mike Williams out of taking the fight for AB. In which, let's be honest, he's probably, probably looking at about six figures for a pay-per-view main event against Adrian Broner. Like, come on. He, he's looking at a mega, mega payday. So Roy doesn't care about the payday and about the money. Everybody thinks he does. Everybody thinks that Roy is like, it's all about the money for Roy. And it is to an extent, but it's also about his legacy as a trainer. It's also about the way that he looks and his brand as a trainer. 
Michael Williams Sr. said that when they pulled up the first day at camp that Roy's wife had said something about that. With Roy standing right there talking about the fighters are making Roy's brand look bad because Chris Eubanks got knocked out just a few weeks ago. And, you know, I understand both sides, guys. I understand. Everybody's mad at each other. And I understand. Roy's got a brand to protect. He's also got a coaches and and, um, and and athletes, rather. He's got athletes to protect. And you are trusting this man. You're paying this man to train, to coach you, to be your coach. Whether your name is Michael Williams Jr. or your name's R.J. Summerlin or your name is you know, Andrew Murphy or your name's Fernando Bunch, we're paying to be there. We're doing it to be there because we trust this man, because we trust him to tell us, hey, yeah, you can do this. No, you can't do that. I have a son. If, 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 a, if a coach told me that he didn't think my son was going to be able to do well, as a dad, you got to figure, you got to weigh that out, man. You got to weigh out like, hey, uh, do I want my son to get this money but potentially get hurt and not have any more big opportunities ever? Or do I say, you know what? Let me listen to this guy that I think is the GOAT. Let me listen to this guy that's got more experience than any of us in this sport of boxing, and let's see what he has to say. Money blinds people, and money changes people, and money will make you do and say and act in different ways. But the fact of the matter is that Roy is a businessman. Roy is a coach. He's both. You can be both, okay? If a coach is worried about the defensive skills of your fighter, that's a big deal, man. I understand where you're coming from as a dad. I understand. This is my son. This is his opportunity. The biggest opportunity he's ever been given. And this is his opportunity to be able to be set financially, at least for the time being. You don't know what's going to happen, he keeps saying. You don't know what's going to happen in the fight. And he is 100% correct. You don't know if Michael Williams Jr. would have went out there and knocked AB out in the first 10 seconds, last 10 seconds in the middle of the fight. You don't know. He is correct. Roy also said that the main sparring partners for Michael Williams Jr. were, you know, freshly new pros is the best way I can say it. Three fights, three pro wins. Adrian Broder's got four world championship wins. He's got more world title fights, more world title experience than these guys have professional fights. And, and and these guys are tagging Mike. And these guys are doing the things that they got to do. Nothing taken from these guys. These guys are skilled. Roy does not have you in his gym if you ain't skilled. That's just bottom line. Roy is the type of trainer, you can get the fuck out of my gym. If you don't understand how to throw that jab, if you don't understand how to do that defense, if you don't understand this, Roy will tell you to get out of the gym because he doesn't want to waste his time on anybody that's not going to listen. Roy's been here for a long time. Michael Williams, Michael Williams Sr. keeps saying, if it ain't done Roy's way, Roy's controlling. And if it ain't done Roy's way, then Roy's mad. Because it works for him. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. That's how it is for all of us. Everybody's ways are flawed and everybody's got their ways. 
Does my heart hurt for Michael Williams Jr. right now? Yeah, man. I would give anything to be in the position to fight Adrian Broner or anybody of, of equal value an opportunity to fight someone for that much money. Fuck yes, dude. It's a hard decision because I'm not saying either one of them. I, I am 50-50 I am on the cusp. I honestly do want to side with Roy Moore just because I get it from a coaching perspective and I get it from a perspective of like, yeah, this is a big opportunity, but he's getting hit by guys with way less fights, way less experience, who are way less tricky, who are way less sneaky, who aren't counterpunchers. You're telling, you, you know, Mike's offense looks great, but his defense doesn't look good. So AB's going to counterpunch. Mike's offense can look as great as he wants it to be, but when AB counterpunches because Mike's not defending, that's going to change the fight. If Michael Williams Jr. goes out there and has another showing like he did the last time, these opportunities aren't going to come again. That's not a knock on Michael Williams Jr. That's a knock on the state of boxing. If it was MMA, Michael Williams Jr. can go out there and get knocked out in the first round and still have more fucking opportunities as the years come. Not in boxing. In boxing, it's usually one and done. He has the rare opportunity to, after his one, get the bigger fight. He goes out there and he loses to AB in dramatic fashion in any way. If he gets outboxed for 10 rounds, 12 rounds, however many rounds they were set to go. If he goes out there and gets knocked out, if he goes out there and gets stopped, if he does any of that, that kills any momentum and any chance for any other major promoter or major sport to want to cover him, to want to matchmake him, to want to promote him. Yeah, it hurts Roy's brand as well. Roy takes an L too. Uh, Roy Jones don't know how to coach the fighters. Roy Jones' fighters aren't defensive. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These are the storylines that could come out of these things. And things are a business. Just as much as they're a business side for you and your family, they're a business side for him and his family. He told you, I don't want you going to Madison Square Garden. I don't want you to take that fight. I don't think it's a good fight. And what did he do? He showed up. He told him, I can't be here. I got some other thing. I got to go make some more money somewhere else. And he booked it. Then some people say, man, if that's your fighter, you should be ride or die or whatever. If that's your fighter, your fighter should listen to you as a head coach and listen to what you're saying. Because now you have that loss on your record forever. It never goes away. Michael Williams Jr. don't deserve that. Michael Williams Jr. deserves to be undefeated. Honestly, I'm the type of person, I've taken some retarded fights, some really dumb fights, all because I think I can beat anybody. I, that's what you're supposed to do as a fighter. Now you add on top that your fucking son is the fighter? Yeah, you think he can beat anybody. He's your son. If you, if, I, I, I mean, you, you've got to understand there's emotion in there. Whereas with Roy, yeah, there's a little bit of emotion. I've known this guy. I've been real close to the family for five years. But Roy still sees it from a coaching perspective and a business perspective and an X's and O's point. So Roy's not thinking on emotion of like, oh, he's going to be a, he's going to, Roy's not thinking about the money that he could be making. Roy's not thinking about the, the things that Michael Williams Jr.'s life would change in the better ways of him beating AB. Roy's thinking about he's going to go there and he's going to get embarrassed by AB like he did the last time against a lesser opponent. He's going against a four-time world champ. He doesn't know for sure, but his Roy's 50. 
So he has 40 fucking years of boxing experience, watching, coaching, fighting, training, meeting folks. All of that experience you're telling me means nothing? He's good enough for you to come down to and get to 20 and 0. But then when it comes time for the hard fucking decisions, oh, he's he's greedy. Oh, he's 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 egomaniac. I disagree. Respectfully. That's your right. That's your opinion. That's that's your right and your opinion to have. You've had you've had plenty closed door moments with Roy. You know him. That's fine. I have too though. And I know him. I've sat down and had to talk to talk face to face, heart to heart with the man about my career and what I was doing and where I was going. And he gave me real heart to heart, man to man advice. He didn't say, well, then just fucking quit. You don't need to do it. He didn't say, oh no, keep doing it. Whatever. He talked to me as a person. And that's all he's trying to do to you guys and let you guys know, oh, the vibe was different because you're not fighting a fucking MMA fighter that's had two pro MMA fights at Island Fights. You're not doing that anymore. You're not fighting in your hometown, Fayetteville, against another MMA fighter or a fucking 2-12 and 12 boxer or even, hey, fine, a 5-0 and 0 boxer. You're not fighting that guy. You're fighting Adrian motherfucking Broner, former team money team or the money team former motherfucking Floyd Mayweather protege that's who you're fighting four times he's beaten a world champion four times at least and he's getting hit by these guys and Roy's like yeah I uh I gave him I had guys calling me that are fighting the same weekend or a week after or a week before. They're wanting to come. They're the same weight, height as A.B. But I can't guarantee Mike Williams Jr.'s safety. I know that if, if if sparring my guys, if they go too hard and they hurt Michael Williams Jr., they're out of my gym. They out. They know that. I can't guarantee that against someone I'm bringing in that wants to show off in front of me, that wants to try to hurt him and show him that A.B. ain't no game. So I have to tell them no, because I'm worried because he's getting hit by the guys at my gym with less experience. I just feel like emotions, as I've said in the last three podcasts, are so involved in fighting. This is not an easy answer at all. Like, at all. It's not. I mean, I can't sit here and say that I wouldn't be upset that I wouldn't want to be there to make that bag, to make that money. Fuck it, coach. Believe in me. Let me go do this. Let me go fail on my own. I, I understand. But on the flip side, you got to understand the coach's perspective. Should I? Do I think Roy should have just said, hey, washed his hands up and said, listen, if you guys aren't going to listen to me, then I'm respectfully going to tell you, I, don't, I just, you know, I'm not going to be involved. I don't think it's a smart fight. I don't think you should do it. I'm not going to be involved. Best of luck to you. I hope you come back. That's what Roy should have done. Instead, Roy makes him spar more the next day. Now, here's the thing. Everybody's talking about sparring all out and sparring hard and sparring this. I was there at Roy's for three years. One time, maybe twice, I sparred like four days before my fight. Okay, not the smartest thing, but it's never like these guys are saying it is. You spar 10 rounds with Roy, 
Guaranteed five of those rounds are jabs only. Guaranteed every time. Roy Sparring is always learning centered. He had he had four rounds where he went hard with another person and his jaw was broken. There must have been a pre-existing injury. There there had to have been something. Cause A I mean, what? You don't think A B would have did that? I'm not saying A B is a Deontay Wilder power puncher, but come on. No, I don't think Roy should have had him sparring on the Wednesday. You know, Roy was trying to prove a point. He wasn't trying to sabotage him. What he was trying to do was put him in there sparring and see, and after he got out, see, now you see how much you got touched there? We can't be having that. We don't need to take this fight. You shouldn't be able to get touched like that. That's all he was trying to do. He wasn't trying to, all right, you go in there and you hurt, you hurt Michael Williams Jr. Because um, I think it's worth ruining my entire career and reputation as a coach to hurt someone to make a point than it is for me to just step away. No, it's not. That's not what happened. You're stupid if you think that's what happened. I'm sorry. You can hate me for saying that, but you're fucking stupid. If you think that Roy put his reputation as a coach and as a person on the line to sabotage somebody so they couldn't go fight and make a bag. No, Roy didn't want his reputation and his stable of fighters or whatever to take a hit because the guy wasn't ready. He's there to tell you the tough decisions. He's told me I wasn't ready for a fight. And I didn't fight. He's told me, I don't want you at this weight. You were too light, that, that fight. I need you to up and wait. And you got to listen. You got to be there. That's why he is there. That's why he is what he is and who he is. I hope Michael Williams Jr. comes back stronger, better than ever. And I hope he gets that A-B fight. I hope they reschedule it. I hope that he still gets it. And I hope that he beats A-B. I do, 100% from the bottom of my heart. But we're in a combat sport. We are preparing for fighting each other. And to prepare to fight, you have to fight. And sometimes injuries happen. Unfortunate. Now, one thing I will say about Michael Williams Sr. He, he understands. He does. He understands that these fighters aren't trying to hurt each other. They don't want to look bad in front of Roy because Roy is a coach. And he is a fucking, he will let you know, hey, this is how I feel about this. Don't do this. That's stupid. Why would you do that? You look stupid doing that. You do because that's what works. It worked for me. RJ, why would you jump into that? That's stupid. You're going to get hit with something. That's stupid. Why would you do that? Now I have to tell him why I did it, which makes me think about why I did it, which makes me think, oh, that's why I don't do that. All these people want these coaches to be like, hey, sweetheart, you can do anything you want. Anything you want, it's okay. No. It's not an easy subject. It's not an easy topic. People are going to hate on me for saying, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Because that's his motherfucking son, dude. That's Mike's son. Mike and Mike. Those. That's his son. I can't blame him for feeling the way that he feels. My son, I'd feel the same fucking way. So I can't, I can't blame that. My son's not in the situation right now. I'm looking at it from a coaching perspective at this moment. But, guys, I talked your ear off for 30 minutes almost. I'm going to go ahead and let you go. That's all That's all I've got for this, for now. And I really do appreciate you guys listening to me, and I hope that you heard some of the things that I had to say, and I hope that you uh, enjoyed it. Um, thank you guys for coming. Thank you guys for the follow. Again, go like my Instagram page, my Facebook page, YouTube. In the neutral corner, YouTube's the Silly Sci Guy. Love you guys. Thank you so much. 
This is In the Neutral Corner with RJ Summerlin. Godspeed.